The world of modelling is a tough one. The scrutiny, the pressures, the constant worrying about your image and what others think. On this episode, I'll be talking to somebody who managed to rise above all of that, model and presenter Annalise Days. Annalise is best known for her stints on Britain's Next Top Model, America's Next Top Model and presenting Heart Radio. Full of her usual passion and energy, Annalise talks us through her journey of modelling from a tender age, her words of wisdom for future generations and how she feels about social media. Annalise, hello, how are you? I am very good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm not bad at all, not bad. Um, just, uh, yeah, looking forward to being able to chat with you a little bit more through this podcast and hear a little bit more about your journey and how you got to where you are today. So I'm quite excited to hear everything that you've got to say to us. Um, so how are you today? Where are you? Tell us, you know, whereabouts are you based? Where are you talking to us from? And how's this pandemic been going for you? I mean, it's a lot of questions, that is, but um, <laughs> really excited to talk to you as well. I feel like it's like the highlight on my weekend calendar. So well, hey. forward to it. Uh, can I um, have that as a quote? I was <laughs> Lucy's day's highlight of the week. <laughs> Literally. Um, I'm just at home um, in Hackney, London. Um, this is basically where I was born and raised. I have been filming lots of online content today. So, you know, it's been a lot. But as I said, highlight is talking to you. Hey, thank you very much. Um, fantastic. So most people will know you as being on um, America's Next Top Model, British Invasion, and also Britain and Ireland's Next Top Model as well. Um, and then you went on to do some presenting and bits and pieces. And we're going to hear a bit, we're going to unravel your journey a little bit in a minute as we as we talk through things. Um, so yeah, and I have to just say, as soon as I found out I was going to be speaking to you, I could not help but go back and start binging a bit of Next Top Model. Didn't know. I did. I totally did. A cycle five. I was there, and it just <laughs> brought back so many memories. And it's just, you know, it's brilliant. So for anyone who doesn't know Next Top Model, it is X Factor for models, basically, isn't it? It is that sort of concept. And you have weekly challenges, and it's whoever photographs best, and then the judges are like, "Yeah, you're through to next week." Give me if I'm wrong, and I might have to check my facts on this, but I actually feel like Top Model started way before X Factor. Like it was one of the first reality competitions. Like I grew up with it. Getting the chance to go on it was actually kind of terrifying just because, I don't know, as a young girl growing up trying to be a model, I literally watched this show and idolized the people on it. Tyra Banks to me was so inspiring. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was almost 10 years ago now that I did America's Next Top Model. And as you get older, you kind of realize that, you know, the excitement bubble pops a little and you start to see what it really was. There is a lot of drama at the moment with, I don't know if you've even noticed, but um, Tyra Banks, a lot of the girls from America's Next Top Model are speaking out about uh, controversial photo shoots, uh, tendencies of racism here and there. her general treatment of the girls um so yeah it's going through a lot right now and I kind of feel like I'm reliving it um mainly because I do recap videos yeah 
yeah this is something that happened during lockdown and i'm so sorry if you have questions because i just started talking to you. <laughs> that's all right this is really good because this is leading exactly into what i want to start talking about in a minute. so go for it but um during the pandemic um lockdown last year 2020 um i was getting loads of messages from people asking me about top model and bits and bobs and i was like what is going on what if, what is this hype and i basically realized that there was a massive audience of people re-watching all the shows because obviously what else are we watching Enjoy. so exactly so i started doing um like youtube recap videos trying to remember what happened when i was there yeah. um, talking about the different photos and stuff and i've had such a great reaction and it's literally like seven eight months later and i'm still here doing reaction videos to antm so yeah i'm reliving it even though it was like 10 years ago because at the time it was um you could only really watch it if you had um what's it called like cable or sky couldn't cable you because it was yeah, like yeah. on living tv or something along yeah. those lines um so yeah and then it definitely grew a popularity and and you know started to come over onto mainstream which was quite exciting um so great stuff so take us right back to the beginning then how did this all start from you when did you sort of wake up one morning and go i want to be a model or was it something gradual all right so this story please i might waffle because it's quite a long one <laughs> but basically i started modeling when i was 12 years old um i'm an only child um mm -hmm. my parents are from the caribbean saint lucia and jamaica um and my parents always supported me they supported every anything i wanted to do i was a gymnast growing up and modeling for me was just something that i wanted to do i was very obnoxious about it and yeah. i went to safeways showing my age do you know safeways so Safeway. used to be now it's morrison's isn't morrison's it? thank yeah. you cool um took a photo in one of the passport photo booths yeah uh, and sent it off to a model agency, like a kid's modeling agency. Like, I mean, in snail mail, this wasn't email days. This was... <laughs> Wait a week. Uh, yeah, I got a response and basically made my parents take me to the agency, which was like based just outside of London. And I started doing like teen young kid modeling stuff. So yeah, I wouldn't say that I was scouted. Like most models have this whole thing of, oh my God, I was scouted. Somebody told me I should do this. No, no, no. I basically banged the door down and told them, hey. I'm doing it. I'll do this. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, and so what was it? Do you remember what your first modeling campaign was? What was your first thing? So when I was a kid, I used to do like Tammy Girl. Do you oh, yeah. I, they, I don't even think they exist anymore, but like these no. little teen magazines and you do like little features and stories in those. Um, and I used to be in that quite regularly. I can't, I can't really put stuff in order. I do remember that I was a model on This Morning as well. Oh, were And so it was, I don't know who, I, you know what, it's funny, I can't remember who the host was for the fashion segment, but I did my little walk and came back and then they asked like, you know, do you like it? And I was like, no, not really. And that was my first, my first thing where I realised you need to start lying. You can't be saying that. <laughs> Brilliant. And there's some really angry stylists backstage going, brat. I just thought, well, I think I was a kid. So my, my parents brought me there. So I felt like they couldn't be mad at a kid. But you should have briefed me. I would have happily lied. But I just thought I'd better be, better be honest. Right? <laughs> Very good. Sticking to your morals. I like that. Um, yeah. Excellent. And so... How did that progress then? Where did you go? So you've done, you know, Tammy and, and a bit of this morning and, and other bits and pieces. And so you joined Next Top Model in cycle five, didn't you? And yeah. so 
what was it because you were too young before you joined then or what was it that kind of gave you the nudge to to go for the tv show i'd applied a few years before i just okay. never got it i think I think when you're 12 years old and there's shows that exist like America's Next Top Model, et cetera, and you kind of grow up watching them, as soon as the show came to the UK and I heard that there was Britain's Next Top Model, I was like, well, I've yeah. got to reply. I'm yeah, the kind yeah. of person, you know, I understand that it was definitely a slim shot me getting on the show, like crazy that I actually got there, but it was always going to be worth applying to. And I can't remember how many years before I'd applied but it just happened to be that one particular year that I got a response and had to go through the whole audition process. It was pretty weird because I was at university at the time and I had to convince my lecturers to basically let me off for a semester. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but I ended up writing my dissertation about reality TV. So I kind of fooled them into letting me go. So oh, I could cool. So it's almost like, yeah a real um, immersive experience to write your um, dissertation. Yeah. So what were you doing at university then? What, what course were you doing? So I did media studies, TV broadcasting at the University of Westminster. Ah, cool. Okay, nice one. I mean, I basically knew, I knew that TV and entertainment was the arena for me. And to me, university was something that I was always gonna do. My parents told me from young that that was always gonna happen. Almost to the point where I don't actually consider graduating like some massive accomplishment. And I'm not saying that it's not an accomplishment for other people. I'm just saying that it was almost like finishing high school. Like yeah, I was kind yeah. of told that that was always gonna happen, if that makes sense. You just needed to do it to then be yeah, able to do what you need. Exactly. And my thinking was that, okay, entertainment, TV, all of that stuff. Let me try and see what happens behind the camera. You know, get an understanding of what the people are doing. And you never know if, if it doesn't work out in front of the camera or whatever, at least you have an understanding and maybe you could take it behind the camera. So oh, that was, cool. my, yeah, in choosing that course. Nice, really, really cool. And um, so what was your big thing when you got onto Next Top Model? So Britain and Ireland's Next Top Model. Um, who were you most starstruck by? Sorry, that's a massive pause. I <laughs> was less, no, the only reason is because I was less starstruck by people on Britain's Next Top Model. It was mm. more America's that blew my mind. Okay. Just in terms of the caliber of celebrities was a little bit different. Lisa Snowden was the host of um, yeah, she was. was the host of Britain's Next Top Model. Yeah, and I love Lisa, but I I've like bumped into her over the years, and like you know, she actually acknowledges me, which is crazy. Yeah. Uh, but for me, in terms of being starstruck, I think I was just overwhelmed. We were very young and this was the, my first TV experience. I was also very aware of what TV editing can do. Um, to be fair, I think on Britain's Next Top Model, I technically edited myself sometimes because I just knew what you could do with it. I knew the power of editing. And I felt like sometimes I used to really think about what I'd say before I said it and I don't think that necessarily showed my personality in the best light because oh, you see, know, I, would, I would really disagree with you on that because one really? thing I noticed yeah yeah totally because I think whenever I've seen you on anything or whenever we sort of chatted in the past and stuff it's always your bubbliness that comes through and you always just come across as just really you know sort of the solid girl next door who's oozing enthusiasm and I think you just always come across really really well so I think you did a really good job at editing yourself <laughs> well done yeah. 
to be fair, I, I changed tactics. Well, on Britain's Next Top Model, I felt like I edited myself and I actually think that I came across a little bit arrogant. Okay. A little bit much, but I was a bit much to be fair. Like I'm not mad at that, I was. And I just think it was a little, I don't know. I think I could have got a better Reddit. And for me, I feel like I really shined on America's Next Top Model. Getting that chance to do it again was really a turnaround point for me because I did decide change of tactic. I'm not editing anything. What comes out of my mouth comes out of my mouth. Enjoy it. Here we go. You only live once. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I suppose actually you needed that attitude because when, so when it came to the American show, it was a spin-off, wasn't it? It was more the British invasion. So it was a combination of girls from America and, a com and, and girls from the UK kind of going head to head. Um, and so I suppose you really had some big personalities to sort of fight off. Um, yeah. And then not like just that, you've got Tyra Banks stood in front of you, like Tyra Come Banks, on. Do you know I'm what I mean? I'm not trying to be rude, but you can't really compare Lisa Snowden to Tyra Banks. Like I'm yeah. not trying to be Completely rude. different kettles of fish. Kettles, different, different oceans. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so you've got Tyra there, you've got people on, so when you did America, remind me, Janice Dickinson was gone by that point, wasn't she? She was oh, on the panel. You had gone. Twiggy, who else? No. Wait, are you talking about Britain's Next Top Model? No, 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 in America. So America's Next Top Model, we had Tyra Banks, Nigel yeah. Barker, the photographer, yes. um, Kelly Catrone, which was almost like the replacement for Janice Dickerson. You know when a judge is supposed to play the kind of mean role? Yes. So she was kind of, the, yeah, she didn't like me. We took a while. It was only in the last episode that I convinced Kelly Catrone that, you know, hello, model potential over Yeah, here. yeah. Oh, good. Um, yeah, so there was only three judges, but we had like mentors like Jay Manuel and Miss Jay. Yes, Miss Jay, who, I mean, <laughs> I, when I was watching back um, Next Top Model, um, the UK version, um, I just <laughs> remember him coming out from behind the curtains and you lot just being like, what? Like having a full on like moment about it. So great stuff. Um, Did you enjoy watching it? I love watching it. Like it was, it, honestly, it's one of those things because yeah, I'll tell you a story actually, and it'd be good for us to touch on this because, um, you know, I think a lot of young people probably fall down this, this rabbit hole um, where I got scouted. And See? it was, yeah, but it wasn't a positive scout. It was one of those, oh, you know, you, should, you look really good. You, should, you know, you're definitely what we're looking for. We'd love to have you on a book. You should come along for, for a test shoot. And then they get you in for the test shoot. And they make you look all lovely and all the rest of it. And you're like, great, this is, you know, this is fine. And look very handsome and, and all the rest. Of it. And they go, right, fine. Now you're going to go and just have a chat with um, this person who's going to show you through your photos um, and tell you what the agency have said. Because we've sent them through to the agency to see what, what they want to do. Scam. It's total scam. And then, the, and I sat there and she said, and I've just heard back from the agency and they want you on the books. Now, all you have to do is pay 250 quid and here you can have these five photos. And it is like, what? So I kind of walked out of there like, nah, you know, this is totally well, wrong. Walking out, because that's something that I try to promote and try to raise awareness for as much as possible. You shouldn't ever be paying for photos. There are so many people willing to prey on, I'm gonna call it the desperation of young people to kind of be famous. It's the yeah, same thing with totally. reality, et cetera. And there's too many people preying on it and, yeah, I've, I'll say it 10 million times. You should never pay to join an agency. You do pay for photos, but most a decent agency will charge you for those photos from a job that you book. Yeah. 
Big Never up front. They're not going to be like, give us money, give us money. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, crazy. So many young girls fall for that. And guys, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it was one of the, because like the other guy, I think they might have been having a guy's day on the day that I went in because there was um, this other guy that had been told the same thing. And you could see that his girlfriend, who was with him at the time, she had gone all sort of, also kind of gooey and all excited about the fact that her, her boyfriend was going to be this, you know, great big model and you can see them writing a check writing checks at that time this is how long ago it was see them writing a check and her getting on and i just thought this is absolute insanity because someone had always told me you never pay for your photos up front it's one of those things if a, if a modeling agency wants you they'll put you on their books regardless exactly um so yeah no so that's um good that we touched on that because i i always tell young people to just be really mindful of those traps um cool so then after you've done all this next top model so actually talk i tell you what i did want to ask you what was your favorite ever shoot on both like combined out of all both series what was your favorite shoot were you like yes i looked awesome in that it's going to be from America's Next Top Model. Yeah. I didn't really rate the images from Britain's Next Top Model. It was also just that little bit longer ago. So my, my memory is a little bit hazy yeah. about it. I would say my favourite shoot would be, or the image would be the maple syrup shoot that we shot in Toronto, Canada. Dribbled in maple syrup. <laughs> to us like I was given like animalistic yeah it was it yeah glorious photo as far as I'm concerned amazing and did it put you off maple syrup for a little while afterwards yeah I'm not really a maple syrup fan anyways <laughs> you know there's a difference between maple and you know the other syrup yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no for sure for sure um and so since then your career has taken a bit of a, a bit of a change I mean you're, you're still doing what you've really set out to do but you've kind of moved away from modeling so much I mean you're doing a, still doing a bit of, but presenting has kind of taken over a bit hasn't it you do a lot of presenting and other bits and pieces as well um you did a stint on heart radio as well which um I know that you know you were very very good at that as well and um, other bits and pieces, other events like the clothes show, you're still very into fashion and very into your clothes. And anybody who follows you on um, social media will see that you've got this whole array of outfits that you wear and really fabulous clothes as well. Like you have got really nice bits and pieces. Um, so what is it that you really enjoy doing now? Like, what is your thing that you're like, do you know what? This really feels like my calling at the moment. Because I think our callings change a little bit, don't they? As we kind of go they through. Change. They, they, they develop and they kind of just change with time and as you grow, etc. But for me, I knew quite early on, even studying media studies, I knew that I wanted to do presenting. And getting the chance to go on Britain's Next Top Model, I knew that I'm not going to, I kind of knew I wasn't going to be a supermodel. Like, no one's going to be out here walking runways for Chanel or anything like but what it was it was for me it was about getting a platform in order yeah. a platform and an audience for me to talk about fashion and beauty and all the rest of it fashion is so important to me it's crazy I understand that a lot of people don't feel like this and I understand that it might be trivial to a lot of people but clothing it's almost like a religion getting dressed putting together looks expressing yourself through your clothes I like to make myself feel good by putting together outfits it's it's all a feel-good fun vibe for me and and that's probably been one of the hardest things in lockdown is not having anywhere to wear clothes like yes I've been doing a very good job of strutting around my house Every corner 
has been used in my house for shoots, videos. I'll be swatting about left, right and center. Um, but yeah, fashion is really important to me. And going on those shows was really just to give me a platform to, it seems like these days, it's almost like people have to know who you are to listen to your advice, right? Yeah. And back then it was still the beginning of all of that. So instead of me just being able to pop on social media to create a presence, it felt like I had to go on Britain's Next Model, America's Next Model to get the presence. Totally. Uh, Cause that's yeah. the way it was before social media, wasn't it? It's like, if you, before social media existed, you had to put yourself out there on maybe reality TV, or you had to really graft at getting, you know, getting onto maybe a topical conversation show or something like that. Um, so yeah, no, that's really changed. Yeah, so it totally changed a lot. I mean, definitely a journey. Yeah, so presenting for me has kind of always been the dream. And as much as I love modeling, I'll model until people stop paying me to model. Yeah. I felt like dream even now is still presenting and so after America's Next Top Model I was hosting Clothes Show as you mentioned which this massive massive I guess you call it like a big trade fair almost that used to happen annually um, at the NEC Birmingham I was very precocious in getting myself in there yeah. after, it's like the ideal home show isn't it it's that yeah, kind of platform that's yeah. exactly what it was and I used to work I worked with them for like five years in a row and here's an obnoxious story is how I got in after America's Next Top Model I hired my own film crew to come with me to the clothes show and like got a press pass, did my own interviews. It was back when Towie was big and like Amy Charles and that yeah. kind of thing. I did a couple interviews here and there. And after the show, clothes show emailed me and said, can we use your interviews on our website? Hey. And I was like, yes, of course you can. And then from then they started hiring me every year as a presenter to host various style stages, being the roaming presenter, etc. So, and I think you are a really good role model for young people. So well done, congratulations. You know what? That. that sounds so nice you saying that because sometimes it's, it's obviously very hard, like you forget in the world of social media scrolling and stuff, like it's very easy to think that what you're doing is not making an impact or whatever. And I try my best to be as positive as possible. Like I am fun and it's all about look good, feel good to me. Like have some fun, shimmy shake. And that's what I hope people feel when they visit my page. Um, but I do think, I don't want to make stuff complicated right now, but yeah. like, I think I mentioned to you before that especially us dealing the whole world dealing with these pan with the pandemic and lockdowns and areas etc I need to work out the balance because as fun and as bright and as like positive as my Instagram is mm -hmm. I there is a part of me that feels like maybe I'm doing a disservice somewhere because maybe it shouldn't be all glitter and unicorns like, yeah. No, I get that. I do understand what you're saying. I mean, I made a social media rule for myself that I was only ever going to post anything if it was happy, as in like good news, positive, or if it was something that I thought was funny. Um, and I thought to myself, actually, do you know what? That's a really good way to be because, you know, you do see so much doom and gloom on social media and so many negative yeah. things as well. But at the same time, I do understand what you're saying. You do have to ask yourself, am I being real? Well, exactly my point. Like we're just talking about how fake it can be 
And no, I do not feel 100% positive and bubbly and glitter and unicorns all the time. Like no. it's just possible. Nobody feels like that. And I've made a conscious effort in the years to post my positive things. And I'm not saying that the answer is to post like depressing stuff because I don't no. think I'd get it that depressing. But I do think I do think it's interesting and maybe I should think about trying to create some kind of contrast because as you even just you saying that I'm a role model and it looks so great I could imagine that maybe there's people who look at my thing and think oh my god she's having so much fun why don't I feel like that like, like yeah do you know what I mean I don't want to make people I'm not responsible for other people's feelings no. I, I try to remember that totally and usually me um, interacting, um, engaging with social media is because I'm trying to do something positive. So it almost feels like it'd be counterproductive me engaging to like post something negative. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's just something I need to think about in terms of getting a bit real in my captions, a little bit more, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, that's down to, to you know, 100% down to you, isn't it? I think it's everyone is down to, to put exactly what they, that's what social media is there for. Everyone can express themselves in the way that they want to express themselves. Um, so it's a, it's a personal choice. I suppose I don't agree with the negativity or the trapping. Do you know what I mean? That's sort of like getting people- Oh, you're literally going to see traps on my page. Like, oh, I have an issue with- I know a lot of influencers before yeah. the pandemic. I used to go to a lot of events and that kind of thing. And I follow a lot of these people and I did have to go for a little bit of a detox. It's not even like I'm trying to send shade anywhere. Yeah. It's just sexuality is a great thing. But I think overt sexuality and using sex to sell and the sex you are means you are the better person and this kind of trap that... Yeah. I don't enjoy it. <laughs> I don't enjoy it. And there's nothing wrong with being sexy. I love to put together a little sexy look here and there. You yeah. know, tantalize the people. But there's a <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you know what? I could ramble about the traps of social media forever, to be fair. Oh, I mean, couldn't we? Um, so what would you find? Because, you know, like we mentioned earlier, we growing up didn't necessarily have the social media thing to contend with. So what would be your main hurdles and things that you felt you had to overcome as you were growing up and moving into the industry? For me, I mean, I don't think this is particularly any different to any young woman growing up. It was getting out of my own way. I think self-confidence is a barrier for a lot of people. And I would say that that was one of initially I mean I got over it pretty quickly this was this is the I'm not even talking in straight sentences. I'm sorry I'm getting <laughs> you carry on. Um, so I think confidence is, is key to life. Um, and one of my issues with, I say issues, I think Britain's Next Top Model for me was a place where I did a lot of faking it until I made it. All right, I don't feel confident. I'm going to pretend to be confident, which is where I felt that maybe I came across a little bit arrogant at places. And I think that... <sighs> myself growing up 
my parents supported every decision I made. Yeah. Like I was very nurtured. And I don't mean in terms of like being spoiled with money and toys or whatever. It was like time and love. Like I used to get told that I was amazing quite often and genuinely I believed it. And yeah. I'm not saying I'm not awesome. I still believe I'm awesome. I'm just saying that as women, if just as people, we're not used to saying that kind of stuff. You come across, oh, you're big headed. You're not supposed to say that. Oh, don't say how good you are. Ooh, yeah you know British people and my dad's kind of got the opposite ethos of that he's like if you're good tell everyone you're good <laughs> and it's kind of something that has stuck with me and so if I was giving advice to young people it's about getting out of your own way and it's about retraining your brain because I was told it so often that genuinely I believed it and I'm saying believed in past tense I still believe it absolutely and why shouldn't you yeah, but you know, women, and it's all, I mean, we could talk, we could be here all day talking yeah. about scraps of all of this, but it's like, um, obviously there's a massive change that is happen happening with feminism and um, body positivity and being able to speak your mind and all the rest of it. And so it's getting better. But I remember when I was a teenager saying how awesome I was, people looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, bougie, all right then. <laughs> and it took yeah it's it's been a long journey and I'm so glad I feel like it's great that society is somewhat catching up with that because I think you should be able to celebrate what you're good at I don't see why we should hide away from that totally I think we're too modest and I think we've you know it's, it's quite sad to think that generations past just because they didn't celebrate themselves enough never really fully achieved what they could have achieved okay this is exactly why I mean we keep on touching upon subjects that are far bigger than this podcast, but this is exactly why at the moment, everybody is, it feels like everybody's an influencer. Everybody's a this, everyone's got a business, they're trading stocks, they're on TikTok, they're boom, there's a YouTube video. There's this, the, the, the accessibility for an audience is so massive right now. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you just couldn't do that before. It's like, we're getting to the point where it feels like everybody's trying to be an influencer. And yeah. then if everybody's an influencer, is anybody really an influencer? Like what's what's going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It will become too, too um, mainstream. It will be like the new norm. Do you know what I mean? Everyone's an influencer and then that will all wear more often and, and everyone's left with nothing. So my one thing that I was thinking about is on TV the other day, I saw a, a little bit in the background, I saw an, an um, interview with an influencer who said, Did oh, well, actually, pardon? Did she go to Dubai? Yes. And <laughs> she's there. Why is she there? Because she's a key worker, because she's an influencer. Are you winding me up? It's like, it's absolutely mental. You don't have to convince me on this argument. It's funny. I was having a debate with my boyfriend about this because... Yeah. And also, I understand, I had lots of friends that were running off to Dubai, yeah. loads of people. Me personally, I didn't feel right doing it. Like it didn't feel right to me. It's a pandemic. I don't know if I should be, I don't know. It didn't yeah. feel right to me morally in my soul. Yeah. Um, however, it's that whole thing of if you can, then do it, right? Like, if you are, if you can, why would you not go and spend lockdown in sunshine if you can? 
So I don't want to be mad at you, but at the same time, I need to make it very clear that this is not my morals. I did not go to Dubai. My ass stayed here. I have not yeah. left the country in a year. It's very upsetting. <laughs> and I, I mean, yeah, I, but these, the, those are the kind of influences that are just, I can't deal with. It's too much, isn't it? Oh my God, my, my viewers need to see me with a sunny background and blah, blah, blah. I definitely could have left and said that I had influence on work. I just didn't feel right in my soul. <laughs> like that did not feel right to me. Absolutely. And I think, you know, touching on what you said about, you know, if you can do it, do it. But, you know, totally. But at the same time, it is a pandemic. And some people, I think by people behaving in that way, the only influence that they're having on a lot of people is a really negative one because the people who are left behind at home in cold England, let's say, for instance, and not with much family around or anything like that, you just kind of sat there like, well, yeah, but let me play devil's advocate. The whole point of influencers is supposed to be aspirational. Even if you even if you look at reality TV, Real Housewives and stuff, these are all people with aspirational lives. Lots of money, the lavish, the luxury, yeah. the this, that, the other. I can see how it falls hand in hand. Uh -huh. What am I going to be doing influencing? I think she was from Slough. She was like, what am I going to be doing influencing from Slough? Like what? Do you know, I, I get it. Yeah. I just don't agree. <laughs> no, totally. And I agree. I, I, you know, I totally get what you're saying. I suppose it would just be really lovely, given our current circumstances, our current time, for those people to use their influence yeah. to be able to do, to influence in a really good way. Like whether it's, here's a video of me helping the NHS. Here is, do you know what I mean? Those sorts of things. Don't but, be yeah. mad at me as soon as these borders open and I'm in Dubai. Don't <laughs> <be mad. laughs> so I'm going to hunt you down. <laughs> I'm about to be gone as soon as I can. No. Do you know what? You and me both. I'm can't, you know, because I'm originally from Holland and I've got half my family are out there and I haven't seen them in God knows how long. So I just can't wait to get on a plane and, and jet out and, and buy England for a little bit. Because I need to explain England, like I'm, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> oh man, tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, so the other thing then is how do you stay well and look after yourself? What are your, do you have any little regimes? Do you have any hobbies or, you know, what do you do to keep a clear mind and look after your body? There's a few things. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's definitely a few things that I kind of use as mental anchors to kind of bring me back when I'm feeling like I might be on the edge. Working out is definitely one of them. I right. got a little bit insane over like the first lockdown and stuff and was really going for it with the working out. Um, I've definitely calmed down on that, but working out for me, it's the endorphins in it. Even if you don't want to do it, you just got to get up and make it happen. Totally. 10 minutes is better than no minutes. That's what I always tell myself. Yeah. And just releasing a bit of a sweat and, you know, get the body moving. It's so sad right now because we don't have anywhere to go. I feel like I was really, I didn't realize how much you would burn from just like going to a tube station and stuff. But the activity level is just right down here at the moment. So if I don't do a little something, something at home, I feel awful. Even a walk. I'd like a good walk. Yeah. Yeah. Walk, walk around Hackney for like 40 minutes or something. Yeah, totally. You know, it doesn't have to be too long, but it gets you out, clears your brain a little bit. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You think about other things as opposed to just everything that's just immediately in front of you all the time, Definitely. which is great. Um, um, what is 
your the best piece of advice you were ever given and the worst piece of advice you were ever given okay okay so I would say that my best piece of advice, and I'm not sure if this is how my dad said it to me, but really it translates to work smart, not hard. So okay. like, I, I say this to a lot of people that I come across. If you're my friend, you will definitely have heard me say this. I want to work this amount of time. I've got about an inch between my hand right now. Yeah. For this amount of money. And I'm like way out here right now. Efficiency <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people who work very, very hard and for very, very long. And the reward, it's 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 off. So I've always aimed to work a little bit and get all the money as I can. So I think that's a really good piece of advice. And my dad preaches this today still. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. That's great advice. Good stuff. Worst advice. The thing is with worst advice is that it's the kind of thing that you just forget in it. It's like, well, that was rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> so, it didn't work. Um, I don't know. What other people say? What's my worst piece Did of Did you advice? ever have a situation where maybe... I don't know, say maybe an agent or something put you up for a job or, and you were like, what is this that you've put me forward for? I mean, this happens all the time. This is the point though. I've been modeling for so long that mm. I can be a little bit deaverish. Like. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's not even that. You're lucky that you, you're, you're in that position now where you, you can, you've worked for long enough to pick and choose. Yes, I'm, I'm fussy in my old age. I promise you that. <laughs> um, but it is probably something like, you know, worst piece. Oh, here's one from Britain's Next Top Model. They told me that I should bring down my personality to match my photos. Oh. Rubbish is that? Basically, like, I you think that yourself. Was like, I don't know. Fair enough if you want to say that my photos aren't as good as my personality, but why would you bring down the shine somewhere? You should say, bring up your photos to match your personality. Yeah, that totally. Good yeah we can't dull this shine this no. shine that little light of mine i gotta let it shine totally um and so what would be your um best piece of advice that you would give to younger people maybe something that you felt that you wish you had known when you were younger or something that you wish somebody had told you when you were younger again not so 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 much in the exact same words but something that I wish I knew growing up is that people are too self-obsessed with themselves to be worrying about you. Yes. Like nobody cares about you. Like go about your business, wear the clothes, say what you're going to say. Nobody cares. We are all, everybody just cares about themselves. Totally. And if you don't do it, no one's going to do it for you. Yeah. And so I feel like when you know that everybody else just cares about themselves, I feel like it's so much easier to make decisions. It's like, well, whatever. Nobody cares anyway. Yeah, like, yeah, Do it. Do it. Don't think about the next person because they're probably not going to notice anyways. <laughs> no, for sure. No, that's great. Um, and so we've got um, in a few weeks time or around the time this podcast is released, we will be having International Women's Day whoop, whoop, on the 8th of March. Um, so who have you found inspiring? I mean, I know a lot of people obviously say, oh, you know, I want to thank my mom and, you know, all of that sort of business, you know, which goes without saying, we love our moms, but who did you idolise when you were growing up? And who's kind of, is there anyone that you want to give a shout out to who's really helped you along the way? Oh my God, it feels like it's so controversial right now, but honestly, growing up, 
Tyra Banks really meant everything to me. And I don't want to, this is definitely a positive thing. I loved her tenacity. I liked how she was diversified and didn't yeah. just modeling and kind of made herself a businesswoman her education etc growing up i definitely idolized um tyra banks i would definitely say that maybe diminished but women there's so many fabulous women these days that i know like it's yeah. crazy even i feel quite inspired by women like not even famous women but women that i know like my friend Ramel London is a presenter who is just killing it right now. She helps young people kind of get into the mainstream. I've got um, a brilliant friend, Shaney Ryan, who works for QVC, just shining a light. She's just had a beautiful baby boy and is like slaying it, motherhood and QVC. Um, I feel like I'm finding a lot of my super women right in my circle, if that makes sense. Yeah. London Hughes is a really good friend of mine and she has just released a Netflix. She's episode. being amazing in America Come at the moment, on. isn't she? Come on. I just feel lucky that I know these women. Yeah. Like, about how many people know you. I think it's just about the moves that you're making. I also want to drop in Erica, my friend Erica, stylist who smashing it, is getting voted for this in beauty and that. There's just women that, I don't know, I've known for many years that I scroll through, I see how well they're doing and the development. And that to me is more inspiring than some celebrity that I don't know. Totally, totally. So by the sounds of things, you are in a very good circle of people. You've got a really good lot around you that you, it's, it's you know, and it goes, it's a real telltale sign when you sort of, you're with your friends and you look to the left, you look to the right and you go, you're great and you're great. Do you know what I mean? You've really got admiration for everyone who's close to you. Yeah, you've got to surround yourself with the right people. You're only going to bring yourself down if, if you're hanging around with trash. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, totally, totally. It's uh, yeah, surround yourselves with people who make you feel good and people who want to, you know, champion you as well. That's always a really good one. I don't even, I quite like when somebody might make me feel a little bit bad because I think it's aspirational. And what I mean by that is the world of, um, in the UK, black presenters, black female presenters is what I'm going to call this little hub, is very small and you... There's, there's just not that many of us and there's also that not that much work kind of around it all. Yeah. But seeing somebody, I think sometimes initially you could think, oh my God, that scares me a little, that intimidates me a little. I can't believe you're doing so amazing. But I tell you what, that feeling for me is like, you know what, maybe some of your shine is gonna come off on me. I find it motivating. I find it inspiring. It's, the, yeah it's like it's a, a thin line between like being intimidated and scared by something and then inspired and motivated yeah I don't know it's like having <laughs> the um what's it going out to do something and ha- knowing you can do it but having that little feeling of nerves or butterflies before you yeah. actually yeah no totally no great um and so what is on the horizon? What's coming up in the future? Is there anything, any, any hot off the press gossip you can tell us? Because you did a nice stint with um, Heart Radio and you've done some other presenting gigs and stuff along the way. So have you got anything lined up that we can be looking forward to? 
So I am very excited. Yes, um, thank God we're in a new year, 2021. Um, I know that we've got a long way to go in terms of getting out of this pandemic, but I am feeling hopeful. I've got a few things in the pipeline, but honestly, I sound like one of those, oh my God, I sound like a celebrity who's got lots going on. I can't tell you. <laughs> Um, a couple a couple opportunities that I am going to follow through to the best of my ability. I am sending positive vibes and energy into both opportunities, but, you know, we're going to have to do a toss up because I won't be able to do both of them. Let's put it that way. I see. I see. So we've just got to sit and watch this space and see what happens. Basically. <laughs> Amazing. And where do you see yourself? What would be your ideal, by the way? Like if somebody said to you, right, Annalise, what show would you like to present or what, you know, where would you like to be going in the next couple of years? What would your answer be to that? I've always said it's about a nationwide show, something that is watched across the nation where you, ideally the nation could fall in love with you. So like, you know, Britain's got talent, X Factor, dancing on ice. I feel like I would be very good at these. Even yeah. if it was the after show specials and stuff, I think I'd be very good. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll see if we get there. Yeah, totally. So if anyone's listening right now, or, you know, who works on any of those shows, then Annalise is your girl. Yeah, I'd so be awesome. We'll start a campaign. We'll start a social media campaign. Um, and um, great. I mean, that nearly brings us to the end of, of this lovely chit chat that we've been having. Um, one thing, I suppose, if, if anyone's listening to this, um, and they've really enjoyed what you've got to say, which I'm guessing they will do because you've been an absolute brilliant guest. Um, where can people find you? So on social media, where are you? What are your platforms? What are your handles? Right, so I am Annalise Days on every single platform. Um, um, and you will find me on Instagram, sharing lots of like outfit check videos, talking about fashion and all things styling. I am also on YouTube. My channel is Annalise Days, um, doing ANTM recaps, a bit more fashion, talking about modeling. I'm also on TikTok now. <gasps> Chase, I'm on I've TikTok. seen, I'm on TikTok. Yeah, I mean, I'm really rubbish at posting. I tend to like watching other people's. And yes. I have done a few, but I've seen yours. Yours are fantastic, especially your outfit changes. Fantastic. I'm trying. I'm still trying. I do not know what I'm doing with TikTok, but I am trying. So, yeah, you can follow me there. Check out some of my fashion videos and all sorts and smiling, posing and talking, basically. Well, hey, all the things that we love. Um, <laughs> so fantastic. And we will also put all that information into um, the bio that comes along with this podcast as well. So if people are unsure, they can just click straight through on links and find you. Fabulous. Well, that brings us to the end. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your really lovely messages of positivity um, and for sharing your story with us. And um, hopefully we will chat again soon on something else. Perfect. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. Brilliant. Take care and hopefully speak soon. Bye. Bye.